I would pay probably upwards of 100 quid and watch Eric Cantona walk on stage, put his collar up, say the Seagulls line, and then just stand there for an hour and a half. OTB AM, live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. John Fallon of the Irish Examiner is with us to reflect on a crushing defeat for the Republic of Ireland in Athens and to look ahead to what's going to happen tonight. John, before we get to the football, from a contractual perspective um, and from a board perspective, uh, what, what is actually what happens now over the next period of time? Well, I don't think anything immediate is going to happen uh, unless uh, there's a, a humiliation tonight in the form of not beating Gibraltar, ranked 201. Uh, in the world, um, but what you do have coming up is a routine board meeting. I think it's Tuesday week, and I'm sure as part of uh, that um, a schedule, there'll be a review of the international affairs, all the teams, 21s, women's, and so forth. And you can expect that the senior team's performance will arise at that stage. Now, how far that goes, as I said, will probably depend on. On, on tonight's outcome, but what you can be sure of is it will certainly uh, garner discussion um, arising from Friday night's events in Athens. Um, so that's sort of the next step in terms of the contract. It it runs all the way up to the end of this campaign, which could go as far as March uh, next year um, in the likely event, it seems, um, although it is marginal that we're in the Euro playoff series, which is two games, Um so that's the contract that's there. Stephen mentioned it yesterday, um, but we should also remember that there is a provision in there um, that a termination can take place, which doesn't uh, uh, require the FEI to pay out the full salary that will be remaining on the contract. So they're the, they're the, they're the, the, the variables that are involved. Um, so maybe we'll know a bit more this time tomorrow when this game is out of the way tonight. In terms of a, a potential succession plan, right? Obviously, uh, every uh, well-run organisation in the world has succession plans in place for all of their uh, major roles. Um, who who would actually be making the list of potential successors? Whose job within the FAI is it to plot a course for the future? Yeah, I think it's sort of one man now. It's a chap called Mark Canham, who was brought in last year as the head of football, which is the previous incarnation held by a uh, real doctor. And, you know, he wasn't really there when this contract was, was organised previously. Um, and he sort of sits at the at, at the apex of the FEI football uh, structure. So uh, Stephen and Vera Powell on the women's side would be answerable ultimately to Mark. Um, so if the board or Jonathan Hill is looking for guidance, it is he that he will turn to. He's got extensive experience uh, from the English FA and also the English Premier League. Um, so in this instance, it being a football decision, um, I think the responsibility would lie with him to scare the market and maybe sound out people or potential candidates and to come up with a list and take it from there. I, I think a lot of Irish football fans probably don't know that much about him. Yeah, that's that's right. Um, he was quite a low key name when that when that um, recruitment process was on. There was other names linked with that job, uh, sort of former internationals and so on. Um, so Mark has been in the job, I think, just over a year. Um, hasn't done any formal media work, but has been working behind the scenes. Um, obviously with the um, 
with the facilities program that went on or the facility strategy that was on, he would have been involved in that. He's been around the country then doing these, these pathway road shows and uh, he's been dealing with people. Um, but I think for now, he's certainly happy to work behind the scenes, but depending on how things go here, there's probably going to be a big spotlight on him. Um, and, uh, this, this is one that he, he will, uh, his expertise will be recorded and also his contact book. Um, if we're going to, um, sort of spread the net and look for the right candidate. Kind of a two part question, but is there much of an indication in terms of what his relationship is like with Stephen Kenny going into, say, a situation where maybe there needs to be a conversation of what the future looks like? And then also, should that happen in terms of his contact book, where he might be looking? Like if he has had an experience with the FA, is, it, is most of his contacts based in England or English managers? Yeah, the first part is relationship with Stephen Kenny. Um, we don't know that, you know, I don't think Stephen has really mentioned him, but I do know he was in, uh, he was part of the delegation in Greece there last week. I saw him on the sideline when they were training on, uh, on Thursday night. Um, secondly, yeah, his, 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 uh, his background is primarily in England. He was a player. Um, and then he moved into the football education side of things. Um, he would have been sort of the Premier League link man between all the clubs in terms of the uh, the structures and the standards that they would have had to met. So he would have been dealing with all those and the various people that have come and gone. Um, but that doesn't mean he, he you know he doesn't have an interest in further beyond the UK, um, which you probably see is a trend across Europe. Um, associations do go for people. Um, outside of sort of the goldfish bowl, so you wouldn't restrict it just to that. But there are certain people that he would be aware when you look at that um, background that he would have come across who you know may have some Irish links. Uh, it, it has got to the stage where we're starting to realistically consider contingency plans because it's difficult to see any way back from this point for Stephen Kenny, barring a remarkable run of results, which would be the equal of any series of results that we've ever had in Irish football history. Like that's the the scale of the task facing Kenny to salvage something from this campaign, really. Yeah, he spoke yesterday about exceptional results. And um, I know Matt Doherty uh, spoke to Nathan and, and ourselves in the same context that we are capable of doing this. Um, but we're really coming from a low base, you know, zero points from six after two games in a campaign, realistically, which is only about six games because, you know, if you assume everyone's going to beat Gibraltar, um, it's between, you know, the, the other sort of four nations. So, um, we have to really, you know, of the, of, of, we have to break, we'd have to beat Greece at home. Obviously, we'd have to beat Holland at least once. Um, if, if the, what Stephen envisions, which is France running away with the group, um, leaving it between the other three to fight it out for one place and, you know, recent history to show we we haven't we don't do that. You know, we haven't had a big big results probably since the twenty eighteen campaign. You know, when we went away and beat Austria and Wales, it's a long time ago. Um, and the question arises: is 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 what we've seen you know in the recent past enough to give you confidence that that can happen uh, in its current guise? So, um, yeah, I would, I would concur with what you're saying. I think it's, I, I, I don't think it's going to happen. And that will probably frame some of the conversations that the FER are going to have internally, um, in the coming months. Uh, so 
realistically, right? Let's let's assume we win tonight, and then we, you know, we have okay performances. Uh, you know, you would expect us to have backs to the wall performances in Paris and and the Dutch, and maybe we get a, a point out of those two games. But it's not a disaster, or maybe we maybe we sneak a famous victory. Um, what, what's what what would need to happen for Stephen Kennedy to get the opportunity if we even do manage to get a playoff? Or do you do you feel like they'd give him a playoff rather than change in advance? Yeah, there's a, there's a few parts to that. You know, like we, we've got to we've got to set out the context here. Like Stephen was given this contract extension uh, after the last World Cup campaign, which I think was in November twenty one, and it was it was on the basis of of tolerating some of the mishaps that had gone on before, um, uh, in the context of having a team that was going to be ready to compete, um, seriously compete to qualify for Euro twenty twenty four. Um, so, so far, so that, that, that just hasn't, hasn't happened. And, um, the likelihood is we're, we're, we're going to be relying on that playoff, which we, we don't even, we're not even guaranteed to be in. You know, you'd need your mathematicians here at the moment. And I know Nathan's a bit of a guru on that front to find out exactly what the prospects are, but we could end up getting to November and having no playoff, which is basically means you'd have, there would be nothing there in 2024. So, um, the body of evidence or the dilemma facing the FEO is that they just continue on as they are, you know, which in some people's eyes would be the definition of insanity. Or do they look at alternatives and say, well, if we are going to have a change, we'll at least give that person those games between September and November and the playoff to build for the next campaign. Um, so that's really, that's, that's really where it's at. And that's what it's going to come down to. Um, as you say, I think tonight is going to be a formality. Gibraltar just lose games 3-0. Um, but I don't think that's going to make too much of a difference. Um, uh, it's, 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 as I said, wrote this morning and most people have, it's really a no win game, you know, for Stephen. Um, the damage really was, was the major part of what was done on Friday night. So I think once the dust settles, um, this week, I, I would, ex- I would expect some, some deep thoughts and conversations to happen in the coming weeks. You'd think actually it could be as imminent as that, that there could be a decision made. In advance of the double header against the Dutch and the French, possibly, yeah, I think possibly, and you sort of started out with contingencies. If they have particular targets in mind, are they going to become available? And um, if they don't go and get them now, are they going to commit elsewhere, or does it leave them vulnerable to losing that person to to another opportunity? So I think that will come into the equation as well. So. Um, uh, like we, you know, you probably saw the comments. Like Stephen said, he 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 fully expected, and will definitely expect to be uh, see out this campaign. Um, and then when he was pushed a bit more later on in the embargoed section, um, he said that he didn't say it was a certainty. Um, so I haven't, I've yet to see really or hear of anything that 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 gives him the entitlement to feel that that's going to be the case. Um, as we know in football, particularly management. It's very precarious, and I think already, you know, two games into this campaign, a quarter of the campaign, um, we're in that phase. Uh, and in terms of the decision makers around that, obviously it'll be a collective board decision, um, but somebody somewhere has to feel like they're confident enough that they have a replacement plan in place that's better than what's there already. And is that back to the head of football and the chief executive? And are they the ones who ultimately make that? Or is it more... The, the board members who will decide uh, where does that power rest in your view? Yeah, I, I, like I, uh, this is this is sort of a peculiar one, you know. 
historically, you know, in the John Delaney area, it would have always been the board mentioned as that. But we've we, we've a different construct to the board now. Like we have we have independent directors in there who who weren't you know they, they they weren't enlisted for the football expertise. And I know some of them have stated publicly that they don't really have much knowledge of football. So that would be ludicrous, I think, to put that in the hands of of it's a twelve person board, but currently there's only ten there that they can sit around the table and, you know, come up with their idea of football and who should be manager and who shouldn't be manager. So my anticipation is that they would they would they will leave it to the more qualified people who would be the head of football and chief executive to come up with a report and recommendation. Um both in terms of of the current manager position and what the plan B is. And if they feel that that's, that's, that's viable, I think they would endorse that decision. Um, so I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think this is a decision that would be taken by the traditional board. I think they would be guided by those football people. Um, which is the way it should be realistically. Um, now you may have a situation from the board whereby there's a subcommittee formed. I know that happened the last time when the succession plan, um, uh, was executed. There was, only, there was there was two board members and uh, Gary Owens, the chief executive. So you may have that situation, you know, depending on those people. Like looking at the the uh, the composition of the board, yeah, you, you basically have five from the football side, five from the independents. One of which on the independents is Packy Bonner. So again, he may be someone that has a contribution to make on this, uh, given his experience and his and, and his the fact that he's sort of highly involved with UEFA. Obviously, there's been a lot of focus on Stephen Kenny since Friday because at the end of the day, the book does tend to stop with the manager and it's easier to get rid of a manager than it is an entire squad. But they can't, they're also at fault massively for what happened on Friday. And when we're looking at succession plans, the one thing that keeps coming up is the fact that this isn't one of the greatest crop of players that we've ever had. And that's not something you solve overnight. You know, that requires investment from very much grassroots levels all the way up. When the FAI are looking for someone, if they do get rid of Kenny shirt, you would think it would probably need to be someone who can support that and understands, I suppose, the systems if we're actually to get ourselves out of this situation. But like, what is the likelihood of that happening if I know I've seen like a lot of different names mentioned some former Ireland players and then there's other ones which are you know English managers coming in but it it feels like to me that you know we look at say what Vera Powell did when she came in with the team and one of the things that she's always said is that she had enough people around her to kind of keep that side of the grassroots side of things going and building what's the likelihood that Stephen Kenny's successor is going to be able to know the league and I suppose develop the talent and maybe the way we need? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good point. And, um, uh, I think, I think that would be part of it. And that's why I, I doubt again, we're, you know, we're, we're being hypothetical about this, you know, Steve is in the job until, for, until we hear other, uh, hear otherwise, but the person that comes in will, I think have to have a work of knowledge of the, uh, of the climate here and importantly is surround themselves with the right people. Um, so again, you could go through some of the candidates and you could probably, you could probably, you could probably look at, at, at certain favorites there. Um, so I, I, I would expect that will be the case. Um, but first and foremost, like any management, whether it's club or international, the question asks is, is the manager getting enough out of the players? And that's, that's, that's the first, um, Requisite that that the board or, or the executive two that we mentioned will 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 sort of hone in on. They will look for a manager who can get more out of the players, 
who can set them up in a way that um, uh, sort of deals with what they had on Friday quite early in the game and can execute some in-game management as well. So it's not beyond us quite early in the match. Um, so I think they would be the first variables to be involved. But beyond that, um, yeah, I would think, for example, um, the, the the number two and possibly the number three would be would 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 be people maybe ex internationals uh, if the if the manager isn't himself a former international. So um, I think that's a given. So um, Lee Carsley is who you have uh, had top of your wish list in the Irish Examiner this morning. Um, do we think Carsley would be interested at this stage? Is is there enough indication that that might be a possibility to make it realistic? Do you think? Uh, in conclusion, yes, I think that is the timing of it is 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 probably ideal. Um, he's he has a stated ambition of managing Ireland. Um, he played for Ireland. He won forty caps. Um, he's involved with the Euros in England. For the next couple of weeks, um, he doesn't have any commitment beyond that. I know the English FA are very eager to keep him. Um, but I think if you were to, um, you know, from the FEI side to have a, a conversation with Lee Carsey about the joint vision, I think he would very much buy into that and could feel he could contribute to that. Um, he does have a history of working with young players, certainly so at Manchester City. Um so given the profile of the team and the way it's going to be in the next sort of 12 to 18 months with that group of or the early 30 lads moving on a bit as well, um, I think he would he would grasp this opportunity um, to see what he can bring to us. Um, he is he is a name that's very popular in England. So I know there's, there's, there's clubs that are interested in him and want to take him. Um, but he does have a deep affinity with Ireland. I know that. And uh, um I would, I would think that he probably should be the man that would have force refusal on this. Did the return of Big Sam to the Leeds gig with the Robbie Keane addendum suddenly catapult him up the list? I know you're laughing at this, but like, uh, it, it has, he hasn't gone away, you know. <laughs> was he, was he ever in it? I don't think I'd ever really heard Big Sam's name mentioned apart from yourselves uh, until the weekend. Uh, someone, someone threw him in yesterday, and um, Big Sam won't be the other manager. Not a hope. Not even with um, Robbie with Robbie in tow, no? No. no. Are, you, are you promising me this, John? <laughs> yes. Yeah, you can see tonight. Don't worry. He won't be um, for a number of reasons, which we probably don't have time to go into. But that is not the type of fit that the FEI, uh, the modern FEI, the 2023 FEI, uh, will be plumping for. There's more appropriate and suitable candidates than that. Um, so rest assured, um that that won't be happening. So they do want somebody who will bring uh, an experience of the architecture of football, and uh, like that's uh, uh, pardon me, that's a flabby way of, of putting it. But like somebody who isn't just going to come in and do that job in in isolation, because we, we've we've tried that before and it hasn't really worked. Like if, if it's not so, Big Sam is kind of I suppose the ultimate example. But in a way, Martin O'Neill and Trap were fairly similar in that. They weren't involved or uh, emotionally invested in um, having a connection between the senior team and, and anything that went underneath it. Is the hope that the FAI will continue with the strategy of trying to link our senior team with the other teams that we have at international level? And whether or not it's working at the moment, obviously it isn't. But that in the medium term, if we are going to succeed as a football country, we do actually need some 
different thinking. Yeah, is the answer to that. And you know, they're not going to just employ someone who's undivided attention is purely to the senior team, you know, and some of the candidates that are there, they would be, they would be of that mind, you know, they, they would, they, they would deal in the overall broader scheme of things. Uh, so I, I, w- I wouldn't have fears. Obviously, they know what their job, their job is to get results for the senior team. We have to qualify for tournaments. Like the FEI strategy clearly states the expectation is to qualify for every second tournament. You know, we are unlikely qualify for a tournament for a decade now if this one goes and given the FEI's financial position that's just um, you know that's just unviable that just cannot continue given the uh, the prize money that's involved and the cash flow injection to make so reverting back to your point I would I wouldn't have a fear of that you know names such as Graham Potter have been mentioned personally I don't think we would particularly appeal to him, but you're dealing with that sort of profile. You're dealing with a modern manager. And, you know, if there was, if there was to be a handover, I don't see, you know, I wouldn't fear that some of the good work that Stephen has done in terms of introducing a progressive style of football would be lost. I think there would be, you know, sort of a template there. Um, but he doesn't have a copyright on that. As you know, as Damien Delaney said, there are other managers who think that way and play that way. Um, and also, as we saw on Friday, it's not necessarily, um, the, you know, that, that that's not a constant in the team either. You know, we did go direct. And uh, as Gus Poya found afterwards, it wasn't quite the um, the beautiful game that he that he might have anticipated. John, we leave there. Good stuff. Thanks a million. Cheers. Thank you. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now.